our scripture reading this morning is taken from Ephesians 1, 3 through 10. Ephesians 1, 3 through 10. Ephesians 1, 3 through 10. And I would invite you to please stand as we read our scripture this morning, taken from Ephesians 1, 3 through 10. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise and to the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he proposed in himself, that in the dispensation of his fullness of the times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are in earth in him. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated. Pastor? Well, good morning, saints of God. This is the second of a series in Paul's letter to the Ephesians, and we're going to be looking at this magnificent epistle that Paul wrote while in prison to encourage the saints at Ephesus. And just a little quiz, a little review from last week, and that is where was Ephesus located, or what is the country that it's now would be located in? It would be in modern-day Turkey on the, uh, the western shores of the Mediterranean, well, the western shores of Turkey and uh, on the Mediterranean Sea. So that's your quiz question for today, just to make sure you were paying attention last week. And so we want to go to our text here, and that is Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Friends, you know that we uh, face a lot of challenges each and every day, and these challenges can stress us out. They happen on a family level. They happen on a local community level. They can happen on a global level. But what this message is intended to do today, and I hope you can either write this down or just get this in your mind, I want you to understand how blessed we are in Christ Jesus. That no matter what goes on outside in the world, or even the turmoil that we face in our own life, 
whether on a global scale or whether on a local scale, whether it's family distress or whether it's distress at work, whether it's challenges that we face in, um, in our schooling or whatever course of action that we're pursuing, the point of it is, is that we have security in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So before we go any further, we need to take a look at some things. We want to welcome our audience. We are greatly encouraged. I'd heard that we are now up to 75 subscribers on our YouTube channel. So we praise the Lord for our guests and our visitors. I believe it was a year ago we were at about 20 or something like that. Joy is nodding her head. And so that has given us, help me out mathematicians, we have increased, what, 200% uh, in the last year, is that correct? Something like that. So folks, we just praise the Lord for our online audience, and uh, this little slide up here informs those of us who are watching online. You may be at our church website, which is at middletownportlandsda.org. That's a mouthful to say. So you can either watch it there, or that link will get you to our YouTube channel. I believe we are broadcasting on Facebook, or not any, we are doing that as well. So we're all over the place. And then last but not least, I have a, a personal YouTube channel called Path of Prophecy. I'm trying to grow that channel. It's taking a lot of work. I'm learning how to edit videos, so I'm praising the Lord for that. You have no idea how happy that makes me just to learn how I can edit videos. I am so happy just being doing that. And I'm filming videos and I'm compiling a bunch of stuff. And so this is where you're going to be able to find stuff nowhere else. Okay, I won't be preaching this here in the churches or anything like this. So it's going to be exclusive content. Haven't published a lot of it yet, but it's coming. I just want to assure you of that. And so I really thank you for your patience and for your support. So with that, folks, if you like what you're hearing, uh, hit the like button. If you want to subscribe and be one of our members of this family, hit the subscribe button. If you want to be notified of when a new video is coming out, a new message is coming out, then hit the notification bell. If you want to leave a comment, please leave a comment. And uh, we welcome your comments. Uh, please be gracious. Please be kind. And then also, if you want to share these messages with others, with loved ones, family, friends, uh, feel free to share them and pass them along. But let's pray. Father God, we are so thankful for your word and the assurance that it provides for each and every one of us. Uh, without your word, Father, we would be living in a very dark world. And this world is dark enough as it is, but we have been called to pay attention to the word of God, just as we would to a light in a very dark place. It is so important. I cannot stress enough how important it is to, pray, to pay attention to the Word of God. And so, Father, I just pray that your blessing would be with us as we open your Word here today. I'm very excited about getting deeper into Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And may we be blessed as we study this Word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Our scripture reading is Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 10. But I just want to focus on chapter 1, verse 3. Which chapter? Chapter 1, not chapter 3, but chapter 1, verse 3. Chapter 1, verse 3. So let's go in our Bibles there right now. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. We don't want to waste another minute, folks. And here's what it says. 
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. What we're going to do today, folks, is we're going to take a look at what are these spiritual blessings. We are told by the Apostle Paul in the very beginning of his letter, not at the very end, not in the middle, but at the very beginning of the letter, how we are blessed if we are in Christ. And what we're going to do today is we're going to explore these different blessings. There's about three of them, and really there's kind of a fourth one tucked in there, but we're going to unpack this, these passages. They're very thick. It's very intense. Uh, Paul is, very, uh, is known for his you know, heavy writing and whatnot, and this particular passage is world-famous among scholars because it is such a run-on sentence. We have an English teacher in our midst. I'm married to one, and she... Uh, does editing for a living. So she can tell you about when you are doing a run-on sentence. And a run-on sentence is where you just keep going on and on and on, and you don't put any commas or periods in there, and you've got so many ideas flowing. And that's what this passage is all about. But the reason for it is this. Because Paul is so excited about the good news. Amen? He is so excited that apparently he just got carried away. He just got carried away, and he just went on and on and on, just expounding about the good news, the blessings that we have in Jesus Christ. So we're going to hear about them today. We don't want to miss another beat. And so it says here, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. You know, if we're going to be honest with ourselves, I believe that Paul can't even name all the spiritual blessings. But what he does do is he points out the big ones, the major points that we have and that he wants us to know. And it is so important that we secure these in our minds because it is so easy to forget. And when we forget what can happen is we often become what? Discouraged. We become despondent. We become hopeless. But God in Christ has given us hope. Amen? He has given us a blessing, and we're going to read about them. He goes on in verse 4, Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Now, friends, here's what we need to understand. Before you ever chose Jesus, Jesus chose you. Don't overlook that fact. That is biblical. That is uh, right there in the Scriptures. Let me read it to you again, just in case you missed it. Just as He chose us in Him... Before when? Before the foundation of the world. That we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Now, we need to understand something. This doesn't mean that you don't have a choice. Okay? This is not to say that uh, a predestination like, okay, everybody on this side of the aisle is going to be saved and everybody on this side is going to be lost. Why? Because that's just how God chose it to be. And you don't have a choice in the matter. That's not what he's talking about. 
What it's talking about is that God chose everyone, everyone on planet Earth to be saved. He made a decision. He went to the cross in order to secure everybody who would ever live and breathe and walk on planet Earth to be saved. Amen? They can be anchored in Christ. However, if you love sin more than you love righteousness, you can choose to be lost. You can choose to be lost. Okay? Now, why anybody would want to choose death over life is a whole other matter. Because we're talking about something far greater, really, than we've ever really thought about here. But we're going to unpack this. It says, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Friends, God is calling us to live a holy and blameless life. Okay? And he made it possible through his son, Jesus Christ. We can't do it in and of ourselves, but we can do it through Christ. Okay? And here's how it's done. Here's how it's done. We're going to deviate. We're going to move ahead outside of our scripture reading to another passage found in Ephesians. This is a very well-known passage, probably one of the most well-known passages in all of Ephesians. And it says this, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Okay? For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, rather it is the gift of God. And this is consistent with Paul's writing. Paul says in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Okay? Paul is constantly using this illustration that salvation is a gift. Okay? How many enjoy getting gifts here? Amen? Amen. Gifts are fun, right? They're, they're, they're fun. Why are they fun? Well, for several reasons. A gift can be fun because it's unexpected, right? We, we weren't expecting it, okay? I think, uh, Marianne, you, Mary Francis, you just told me, uh, I noticed you're wearing your colors today because you're Scottish, and you said, yes, this was a gift from my sister. Is that correct? Yeah. Were you expecting it? Did you demand it from her? She just sent it to you. Yeah, she just sent it to you because she's your sister and she loves you, okay? And so you open, I trust it came in a package, and you opened it up and unwrapped it, and you were delighted to receive this little gift, okay? And you can wear it and show it off. So the idea is that a gift comes unexpected, and a gift is something that we receive. You don't pay for a gift, okay? You pay for something that you... Uh, you know, you, Paul said, the wages of sin is death, okay? So what we earn for a sinful life is death, okay? But the gift of God is eternal life, eternal life, okay? We, don't, we can't earn it, okay? There's no wage that is high enough. In the New Testament, we see when... Uh, the brethren came to Paul and said, hey, give us the gift of the Holy Spirit. How much do you, do you, does it require to pay for this gift of God? 
And Paul said, your money perish with you. Okay? Because you can't buy what God is offering. You cannot buy it. It's a gift. All we can do is receive it. Receive it. So for by grace you have been saved. Yes, God chose us. God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. That is a gift of God done through grace. But we choose it by believing, by accepting it, by receiving it. Okay? So what we're doing is we're talking about these, the blessings of being in heavenly places in Christ. And we were, first of all, selected. Everybody on planet Earth was selected. If we choose to receive these blessings, the first blessing that we receive is adoption. Adoption. Amen? We are adopted into the family of God. Listen to this. Ephesians chapter 1. Okay? Ephesians chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. And here's what it says. Having predestined us to adoption as sons, and I would add daughters too, or children of God, by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Now, folks, this is just powerful. Because we have to understand this. When, before we were even created, before the foundation of the world was set, God chose us in Christ. Just that alone is worthy of pondering for the rest of the afternoon. Amen? Talk about Sabbath, what to do on Sabbath afternoon. You know, we might want to go on a little hike, especially on a beautiful day like today. But there's those quiet moments where you can meditate on God's Word and think about that. How God chose me, how God chose you before the foundation of the world was even set. But here's the thing. Once God created the world and He created our first parents, He gave them a choice. He established the power of choice in the Garden of Eden. And our first parents rebelled against God. Eve was deceived, but Adam rebelled. But in that, God bestowed grace in that he provided a sacrifice. He stepped into the gap and presented the plan of salvation, beginning with our first parents in the Garden of Eden. And when he did so, he allowed them to be adopted back into the family of God. And this is what the text says. In our previous passage, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption. Okay? So God has adopted us into the family of God. Now, this is something very interesting. We've got to learn this. Is that with regards to adoption, I had heard this that a child that is naturally born of a parent can be disowned, okay? In other words, they can be cut out of the inheritance. But according to state laws, a child that is adopted can never be 
disinherited. I don't think you were listening, except for Elisa. She's the only one who's listening in this poor place. Let me say it again. A child that is naturally born can be disinherited from the family will. But a child that is adopted into a family can never be disinherited. Now, if poor sinners like us can do that to children, what about God? No. Here's what it says. Let's look at the text, friends. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Friends, if you are in Christ, you have a blessing that is beyond anything this world can offer. You have been adopted into the family of God. Now, we have to understand that because the way I broke this down for the message today is there's these three particular blessings that I want to talk about, and this is the first of them. We have been adopted. So if we could look at that in the present, in the present, okay? Because as poor sinners, without uh, being in Christ, we are what? <clears throat> we are orphans, just wandering the streets, wandering this poor earth to and fro, going throughout all the earth, homeless like vagabonds. But what God has done for us is he's opened his home to us and allowed us in to become part of the beloved. Amen? Amen. Amen. You know, years ago, uh, we were living in a place called Winchenden, Massachusetts. And it's uh, north-central Massachusetts. And uh, one particular winter, we were up there living, and it was very cold one day, and we had enrolled in a local gym at the town. It was at the YMCA. And I went there to work out, and uh, I wanted uh, to go. I was, I was done with my workout, and I was going to go home. But my phone had gone dead. I had my cell phone, but it had gone dead. And I remember the lady at the gym, she offered to have me use her phone to call my wife, but I just thought, no, I'll just walk home. Now, it really wasn't that far. It was, you know, about maybe it would have been a half an hour walk, 40-minute walk or something like this. But on this particular day, it was cold. And I'm not exaggerating. It was probably 15 to 20 below zero, okay? And poor pitiful me, I, I didn't have a hat on. You know, I didn't have a hat that I had a winter coat because my wife dropped me off and I said, no, I'll just walk home and, and whatnot. Curtis, it was so cold. You know how cold it was? That when I, on my way home, I saw a snowman with a winter cap on. I was thinking of borrowing his cap. I was going to return it, but I was going to borrow it for the rest of the journey home. That's how cold it was because I needed it more than he did. But I, I did get the message out to my wife, I'm coming home and, and whatnot. And uh, God bless him, I think Adam stoked the fire. We had a wood-burning stove in the basement and, 
you know, my wife made some hot chocolate or something like that. And when I got home, it was so nice to be home. That's how it is with God, right? Without God, we are left out on the streets, in the cold, having to survive on our own. And we do all sorts of things to survive, and it's not working. But God has a fireplace, amen? He has some hot chocolate on the stove. He has a warm meal prepared just for us. He is ready to receive us if we are willing to accept His offer of salvation that has been made and provided for us for free. You don't have to pay for it. All you have to do is accept what Christ has done and He will adopt us into the family of God. Now, we have to say, well, how, why would God adopt me? Look at my past. Look at what I've done. Okay? No, friends, you don't understand. God also provides something else. In the present, we can be invited into His home and adopted into the family of God. But there is another blessing that God has for us. Okay? Because we are talking about the blessings of being in heavenly places in Christ. Remember, as I said, when we start off the day, we may turn on the news. We see this is going on, you know, over at the prayer meeting that we had this past week over at our Three Angels Church, uh, the prayer request that came up about this hurricane that's gone through Puerto Rico and just the devastation. They were hit by this uh, five years ago or something like this. And now again, they're without power, without water, and just all kinds of disaster is hitting that nation. And there's another hurricane on its way, uh, you know, going through the Caribbean. And there's wars and rumors of wars. There's all of this tragedy that's going on. But if we are in Christ, there are blessings that have been secured for us. One of them is adoption, but here's another one. Listen to this. Redemption. Redemption. Because you may be thinking, how can I be adopted into the family of God? Because look at my past. Look at what I've done. And you may argue this with God. Friends, that's precisely the point. You can't clean up your act. I can't clean up myself. We are poor, pitiful sinners, and we just have to accept it just as it is. And that's precisely why Christ came to die for us. See, see, in the present, we've been given a home, but regarding our past, Christ has provided forgiveness. Amen? He has broken it down. He says, I've got your past covered. I've got you presently taken care of. There you have a home with the family of God. And here's how it works. Let's go. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, it says, In Him we have redemption through what? Through your blood? Through my blood? Through the blood of the church members? Through His blood. He's the one who shed His blood for us. Amen? He shed His blood so you don't have to shed yours. You've been adopted into the family of God. That takes care of the present. You may argue, but God would never adopt me. Why would He adopt me? Look at my past. Friends, He's provided redemption through His blood. Redemption through His blood. Remember, folks, we're talking about the blessings of being in heavenly places in Christ. Here's my question. Do you want to be adopted by, by God? Amen.
He predestined it. In other words, He made it possible for you to be with Him forever. Number two is that, do you want His redemption? Amen? I want my past wiped away. Forgive me. Okay? And so, here's what else He's provided for us. Talking about blessings in the heavenly places. He's provided forgiveness for our past, like I said. That redemption. It says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Okay? In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Friends, we really, you know, here's what's going on in the world today. Economically, in this nation, we're in a heap of trouble. And the reason for it is largely due to this funny little thing called inflation. And the way inflation works, as I understand it, I'm not an economist or anything like this, but the idea is that the more money you print out of thin air, okay, the, uh, the, the marketplace just gets flooded with this money, and so the money kind of loses its value, and in order for the marketplace to have value, they have to raise their prices. And, and so it just becomes this competition, so to speak. And, and economists can probably explain it a lot better, but you get the big idea, okay? And, and so, uh, you know, in this world, we're just printing this money, just taking paper, cutting down trees, uh, you know, mixing the glue, making the paper, and just printing green ink on it, and we say it's worth so much money, and, and we use it to buy our bread and our milk and all this kind of stuff. But take a look at what the text says. Look at what the text says. It says, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the what? How did it come about? through the riches of His grace. It doesn't just say through His grace. It says through the riches of His grace. Now what we're not talking about, we're not talking about cheap grace. We're talking about grace that has value. It has value because it says the riches of His grace. So let's be careful with what we're trying to understand here. What we are saying is that for Christ to die for the sins of the entire world, he had to have a lot of grace to back that up. Amen? For him to die for everybody's sins, all the way from Adam's sins, all the way up to the very last sin, right before the second coming of Christ, and everything in between from the folks in North America, from the folks in South America, from the folks in Africa to the folks in Europe, from the folks in the islands of the Pacific to the largest continent of Asia, and all points in between. Christ died for the sins of the entire world, past, present, and future, and he did it to secure peace in the universe. We'll come to that at the very end today. But it could never have been accomplished with cheap grace. 
with grace that's just thrown out there. No, folks, there's a lot of grace that backs this up. And it's called the riches of His grace. We have no idea how merciful God really is. And it will take us eternity to unpack the mercy and the grace of Christ. Amen? We'll be singing it throughout eternity. The science of salvation. You know, we were talking about it uh, just last night, talking about Jonathan, our youngest, and how he likes genetics, and he's just all into this type of stuff. And his brother Andrew said, you ought to get a PhD in this type of stuff. And, and he says, well, what's required to do that? And mommy said, well, you've got to do a lot of reading. All right? To get a PhD, you've got to do a lot of reading, and you've got to read this book and that journal and this catalog and that article, and you've got to write about it, and you've got to read about it, and you've got to write about it and read about it. And it's just on and on and on and on and on. The science of salvation. We will be studying it for eternity because it will constantly amaze us and we will constantly see new faces, new facets of God and his love for us. Amen? So Christ has adopted us. He's provided redemption for us. He's provided forgiveness for us. But what else are these blessings of being in the heavenly places in Christ? Remember, we're talking about being in Christ. If we put our faith in Christ and what God has provided for us through His Son, Jesus, we have our salvation secured. And these blessings, they come to us and we can't really count them all, but the Apostle Paul tried. He tried to tell the church at Ephesus about these blessings. What, here's the question we have to ask. What difference does all this make? Okay. Is this just some philosophical understanding that, well, I, I have these blessings up in heaven somewhere and I've never been to heaven and I just kind of muddle my way through life here and try to make my minimum wage plus a few dollars extra just so I can reach that, you know, you know that uh, end-of-life scenario where I can golf at least once a month or something like that and take my loved one out for burgers and fries or do something like this. You know, what does this all matter in the big scheme of things? Well, here's, take a look at this, folks. Take a look at this. Christ has made known the mystery of his will. God has a will, okay? God has a will. And he wants to make his will known to you and to me. This tells us something. If God... If somebody wants to make something known to you, it means they want to have a relationship with you. Isn't that true? You know, God bless her, there was this girl in high school who wanted to date me. And you know what? I, I didn't, my wife knows about her. So, so I'm not sharing some deep, dark secret. Or, you know, I'm... I'm not pulling, you know, some big surprise on her or anything like that. She knows about her. I'm not going to say this young lady's name in case she's out there listening, you know. But, but God bless her. She was determined. And she knows who I'm talking about. And, uh, you know, I remember one time, she, uh, you know, it was time for the, the girl-ass-guy dance in high school. 
was my junior year, I believe it was. Junior or senior year, I remember. And I'll never forget, I was I headed from my locker to the 100 building, that's where I had my next class of the day, and I'm heading over there, and boom, out of nowhere, she just popped right in front of me, just kind of like, just, just appeared right there. And she, you know, I, I couldn't, like, I could have gone around her and taken a left or hand, right-hand turn or whatever, but, you know, she stopped me in my tracks, and she said, I, and she said, hi, I want to know if you want to go to the Christmas dance with me. And I said, no, and I just kept walking. Because <laughs> I had no interest in her. Okay? I had no interest. So why, <laughs> why delay the inevitable, right? Just get, get beyond that point and keep going to class. I got tests to do and quizzes to take and stuff like this. I'm not interested in going. But the point being is that if somebody wants to know us, if we want to get to know that other person, we will talk to them. If I wanted to go to the dance with her, I would have said, yeah, you know, let, let's plan, you know, what color your dress you're going to wear, I'll get a matching tie and, you know, buy you a bouquet of flowers. But I had no interest. But when we're interested in the person, we talk to them. What does God say? Having made known the mystery of his will. If something's a, myster a mystery, it's in the dark. It, it, you know, we, we don't know. We can't figure it out. But God has made known the mystery of his will. How do we know that? Because the Bible tells us. Listen to this. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. Having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, the text goes on, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are in earth in him. Now, folks, I'll be the first to admit, that is a mouthful. Right? That's, that's a lot. That'll take another Sabbath afternoon just to unpack that. So, you know, make sure on your calendar today you just reserve an hour just to look at this one little statement. But what it's saying is simply this, that in time, Christ has come to gather everybody together. Okay? Everybody together, both those who are in heaven and those who are on earth, and to reunite them. Amen? And I talked about this last week. I talked about how this world is, you know, in a heap of trouble. We've got economic problems. There's wars. There's rumors of wars. Uh, there's uh, racial strife in our nation and all this kinds of stuff. And yet, uh, if you read through Paul's letter to the Ephesians, and this is, uh, the scholars are in agreement with this, <clears throat> that if there's ever a book of the Bible that is relevant to the church today, at really in any age, it's this letter. Because it addresses all of these common issues that we're dealing with today. And this is one of the texts that exposes this. Listen to this. Uh, it says here, having made known to us the mystery of his will. In other words, Christ, God in Christ is revealing his will to us that it is his good pleasure which he purposed in himself that over the course of time he would be able to one day gather together all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are in earth in him. So the idea is that we want to be, if we want to see the, the plan of God revealed, we have to be in Christ. 
We have to be in Christ. And why would that be? Because, as, as I said, I asked the question, what difference does all this make? Okay? Okay, so I believe in Jesus. No, God has an, an end in view. He wants to put an end to all sin and all suffering. Okay? And, and this is so important. Don't miss this. Because there are leaders in the world today who are saying the way to solve our problems is for us to do X, Y, Z. I'll be talking more about that, unpacking that. There'll be some features on Path of Prophecy, a little commercial there. We'll be addressing it here in the pulpit too. I'm not going to you know, you know, miss out on that opportunity. But the point is, is that there are leaders in the world today who are saying to save the planet, we have to do A, B, C, X, Y, Z. And God is saying, no, in order to save humanity, I've already done this. And so these other plans are actually standing in place of Christ. And they may, the world leaders may be saying, well, you know, listen, we're not saying you shouldn't believe in Christ. If you want to believe in Christ, you do that. If you want to believe in Buddha, you believe in that. And, you know, just let's all just be one happy can of soup. Okay? But that's not what the Bible teaches. God says, all, I, will, I have the ability to bring everybody together because I'm the one who created everybody. I'm the one who created everything. And only I can unite everybody. So we go not according to man's word, but we go according to God's word. Amen? That's why a year ago I started here, first sermons for several weeks on the Bible, the Bible, the Bible. It's because why? Because we're going to go back to the Bible, and we're going to see that these answers come from the Bible. They don't come from a saltine cracker box. Right? You can get, if you want a prize, go to buy some Cracker Jack. You'll get a prize, okay, and you'll be happy for an afternoon. But if you want salvation, if you want deliverance from sin, deliverance from death, we go to Scripture. Amen? Amen. Here's what it says here. Great Controversy, page 678. It says this. The Great Controversy has ended. This is the very last paragraph in this book, The Great Controversy. The Great Controversy has ended. Sin and sinner are no more. The entire universe is clean. One pulse of harmony and gladness beats through the vast creation. From Him who created all flow life and light and gladness throughout the realms of illimitable illimitable space. From the minutest atom to the greatest world, all things, animate and inanimate, in their unshadowed beauty and perfect joy, declare that God is love. God is love. God is love. Do you want to be adopted? into the family of God. Amen. Amen. Do, you believe that he's Do you believe that He's provided redemption for your sins? As terrible as they, as may, terrible be. As they may be. Do you believe He's provided, you believe he's provided redemption and forgiveness for your sin? Amen. And do you believe that He has a wonderful future for you? Amen. 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 Let's pray. Father in heaven, 
We're going to be exploring Paul's letter to the Ephesians for the next several weeks. It'll carry on into weeks and months to follow. And there may be some interruptions along the way where issues have to be addressed, special services held. I understand that. But we want to know a relevant word from the Lord today. We want to know the mystery that has been made known to us. So I pray, Father. I pray for our audience who are watching. I pray that they would know the love of Christ. And I would pray for them to respond. Respond on our website. Respond through that little dialogue box on the YouTube broadcast that's being broadcast right now. Put an emoji there. Give a testimony of what God has done for you. Father, may we receive the riches of your grace even now so that we could be secured in Christ and know of these heavenly blessings that you have blessed us with. We pray this not because we are worthy, but because you are worthy. You and you alone are worthy to receive our love, our adoration, and our full devotion. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.